Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Leah and Matt and I are going to be sharing some tips and hacks for finding more time to ride your mountain bike. So we recently conducted a survey of single tracks readers and asked them what their biggest personal challenge was with regards to mountain biking. And by far, most of you said it was finding time to ride. So while it might seem like everyone else has more time to ride than you do, the fact is pretty much everyone wishes they could ride more. And why not? Mountain biking is awesome. So while it might seem like Matt and Lee and I ride all the time, the fact is we're in the same boat as everyone else and we have to find creative ways to get out on the trail more. So we're going to talk about some of the ways that we do that. And before we start sharing those tips, I just wanted to talk about really quickly two of the reasons that people feel like they don't get to ride enough. One, they feel like they're out of shape. So people are like, oh, you know, if I could just, if I had more time, I could get in better shape and ride more. And so that seems to be part of the concern why people want to ride more. And then the other is just, it's fun. You know, that's like I said at the beginning, it's a fun thing to do and we all want to just have more fun. So let's more fun. I'm all for that. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, let's talk about some of the ways. The first one is going early in the morning or at night, right? We don't need sleep. (laughs) All right. So in, in our house, um, so if you don't know, Jeff and I are married and Jeff is the one that likes to bike at night and I'm the one that likes to get up early and, and do my workout. So let me talk to you for a second about, you know, kind of just waking up early. Um, you know, if this is not like your normal time, like your normal, um, doing your routine, if you're naturally kind of a person that likes to do your activities later in the day, it's going to be really hard to try to get up at the crack of dawn to try to squeeze in a mountain bike ride. But it's not impossible, right? You know, a lot of it just requires some planning ahead, right? All you have to do is um, pack up your gear the night before, right? Go ahead and put everything in your camelback, fill up that water bottle, put your snacks in there, lay out your clothes or, or sleep in your clothes. You know, if it's not too uncomfortable, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. Maybe not your helmet. You don't want to sleep with that on, you know, depending on how early you're going to get up, you might want to get your light charged up. Um, in case you're going really early, it might still be a little bit dark out, you know, set that coffee maker so that when you wake up, that coffee is going to help you get going out the door early. Um, let's see. Also set two alarms, right? That first one, if you're not used to waking up at 5 a.m. or however early, even earlier, you're going to want to, you might even miss that first one. So go ahead and set two alarms on your phone, maybe 15, 20 minutes away from each other and pack your bike in the car already, right? Put it on. If you have some place where you know it's going to be safe in your driveway, go ahead and get it, load it up in your car, on your car. And, you know, when that first alarm goes off or that second one, just start thinking about 
how fun the ride is going to be, right? Think about having fun, not how tired your body feels, right? It, it's That's kind of part of it too. When you wake up, just get in that mindset of, oh, I'm already, you know, 90% ready to go. It's not going to be that bad. So there you have it. That's my tip for, for the early morning rides. Yeah. I, for me, getting up early to ride, I mean, it's not so bad because I, like Leah said, I don't like getting up early, but if it's to ride, if it's to do something fun, then I'm usually okay with it. And I've heard this from a lot of people. A lot of people do this that have families and like young kids at home, especially. And so, yeah, your tip of like getting everything ready to go is key. So you're not like waking everybody up while you're like trying to find your shoe and your helmet and all that stuff. Like get it done the night before. And so you can just sneak out early in the morning before anybody's awake. Yeah. I think that's a, a big part of being able to get out early in the morning is kind of prepping the night before. Otherwise you could easily spend 20 minutes, you know, if you're switching bags before the ride or you're filling up water bottles or pumping up your tires, I mean, I can easily rack up to another 20, 25 minutes. And then, especially if you're in rush to get to work, then, uh, that, that 20 minutes can completely blow your ability to ride if you're not prepping right the night before. Yeah. And like Leah said too, I tend to do my riding at night. That's the best time that I've found to be able to do that. And kind of the reason it started was when we had, you know, younger kids. And, um, I mean, when you're a parent, yeah, you're just, <laughs> you're really busy during the evening hours, you know, dinner and, that stuff, but then kids tend to go to bed pretty early. So you've got like a window of time. A lot of us do that's at night and we can get away from our families for a little bit and nobody <laughs> will notice, you know, you kind of sneak wait. away. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but, um, but the ride that I do too, it's like a regular weekly ride every Tuesday night. And you know, a lot of the guys that do it, they're dads. They're in the same situation as me and moms. They're ladies that come on the ride sometimes too. And so, you know, I think a lot of us have found that that's a good way to get more ride time in. All right. So speaking of kids and family obligations, a lot of people say that they don't have time because they have kids and they've got a family. And so what are, what's an idea that you have Leah for, um, getting away, making more time when you, when you're in that situation? Well, you know, depending on how old your kids are, um, you might just want to take them with you, right? You can you can do this when they're really young, you know, hitch up a trailer or a tyke toter or something um, onto your bike and take the really little ones on you. And then, you know, when they get to be kind of elementary school age, they could probably pedal on their own. You're probably not going to be going terribly on like a terribly far or long kind of trail, obviously. So this is probably not the time that you want to like go blow off some steam on the trail or go for any PRs, right? So think of it more as like spending time with your family, you know, quality time with the kids and, you know, really try to positively introduce mountain biking to this this younger audience that we have, right? Because that's that's important too, like for you as a parent and for our sport in general, we want kids to have fun on bikes and show them that it's fun and we don't have to go smashing every trail out there, but we can mess around and, and find kind of the youth in ourselves too. 
Yeah. And obviously it's a compromise. You're compromising between spending time with your family and going for a ride. So like Leah said, it's not going to be the same as when you go out and ride by yourself or with your buddies, you're going to be going at a slower pace. You're going to be riding probably different trails, but you know, it's a compromise. And then I would say the other thing that we've seen from our survey research is that a lot of people are really interested in getting their significant other to start mountain biking. So even if you don't have kids, you know, if you're in any sort of relationship, you know, that that can cause conflict sometimes, you know, that can take up your time that maybe you would have spent mountain biking. So, you know, see if your significant other might want to go with you, you know, if they're with you, then you're able to, again, like kill two birds with one stone. (laughs) Yeah. There's a guy on our ride last night, actually, that was, I said, Hey man, I hadn't, hadn't seen you in a while. And he said, Oh, I, I got a girlfriend. And so that's why, like, I haven't been out. <laughs> and then I said, but then I said, Oh, wait. And you know, he's, he said she wasn't into riding, obviously. So, you know, that he was spending time with her, but then I said, Oh, well you're out now. And he said, yeah, we broke up. So that's kind of how that goes. So. In your group ride, I think just that in itself, Jeff, um, you know, having kind of it being part of your weekly routine or daily routine, um, having other people kind of waiting on you, um, kind of holding you accountable to come and be a part of the group. I think that that probably helps give you motivation to, to carve out that time. And then, you know, kind of let others, the family know that like, that's the time I set in my schedule that I'm doing my thing. Like I'm doing my mountain bike thing. And so when it happens every week, it's part of the routine. And then when you have, you know, these other people, um, that want to do it with you, I think that they can definitely help keep you accountable to coming more regularly. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like everything else in life. If it's not on your calendar or you don't schedule time for it, then you're not going to have time for it. I mean, we all fill our schedules with something, you know, I mean, if, so again, block it out. You mean Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about, (laughs) we'll talk about that separately, but, but yeah, you're, you're right. Just put it on the calendar and if you do, then you'll have time for it. So another tip that we've heard from a number of people is that they are able to incorporate mountain biking or at least some kind of bicycle riding onto their commute. So Matt, you don't really have a commute, but can you talk about that a little (laughs) bit, like how that might work? Yeah, right. My commute is pretty short these days, but um, if you are lucky to not have, you know, such a lengthy drive, some of us are driving across the city to get to work, but I don't know, one of the last jobs I had, I was only maybe five or six miles away from the office. And so, I mean, that made for a much more able commute if you have the right type of bike or you just throw some extra air pressure into your tires and put it on lockout, then you can easily take your mountain bike into work too. And it may not be the same as riding a trail, but at least it's helping you in your fitness. It's keeping your legs spinning. Uh, You're not in your car, which is also a plus. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it, it does address that fitness part, you know, like I said at the beginning that there are kind of two things that people feel like they're missing out on by not riding more. One is fitness, which you could definitely get riding any kind of bike to work. But then the other is the fun side. And Matt, you actually recently covered something called single track sidewalks. 
uh, oh, yeah. a thing that's happening in Golden or is being proposed, which is basically to create these like single track trails that parallel sidewalks or corridors where people are already commuting, but they're doing so on pavement. And so that seems like an interesting way to make the commute a little bit more fun and also get you where you're going. Yeah, definitely. Mainly for kids, but I'm sure some adults will use it as like a commuter trail also. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I know I would, I would, if I'm riding my mountain bike around town, like I would definitely hop on a trail just because it's going to feel better on there. But even like just riding around the city, like it, you can still have some fun on your mountain bike, hop curbs, little, uh, I don't know. I always hit like the little kickers off curbs Mm -hmm. and just try and catch some air. Um, I don't know. I, I think riding through the city can be a ton of fun if you're going about it the right way also. Yeah, definitely. I know John Fish, one of our regular contributors, he's lucky enough to live in Colorado Springs, sort of on the west side where the mountains start and, you know, he works, I'm not sure where he works, downtown or somewhere, but he's able to take single track, like all the way to work or a lot of the way to work, like technical, real single track. Yeah. And I don't think it's like the most direct route either. So I guess my point is, um, you might have to ride a little bit out of your way, but you know, commuting is something you're already doing. So if you're going to add on, you know, 15 minutes to your commute, but end up getting like a 45 minute ride out of it. Like it could definitely be worthwhile. And I was talking about this with another friend as well. He's got this project where he has this app where people can track like how much, how many of the roads inside of Atlanta you've ridden. I don't know. It's kind of off topic, but he, (laughs) he was, he was saying that that's a big goal of it is, you know, there's all these streets and, interesting places in the city of Atlanta that people don't see a lot. And so this tool is kind of like motivating people, whether it be on their commute or just riding around town to like try these different routes and find different interesting ways to get where you're going. And I think that's, that's kind of the same idea, you know, look at your commute as like a opportunity to explore on your bike and you can kind of get a mountain bike fix out of that. Yeah. And you, you learn some new things about your city too. And just being on a bike, you see things that you don't see in your car. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I, I ride my bike into work. It's not a far commute, but definitely it helps with fitness and I enjoy it too. It's definitely like a relaxing way to kind of start your day and and end your day as well. Yeah. All right. So we kind of alluded to this earlier, but there's a lot of stuff that we all waste our time on if we're honest. (laughs) And we're seeing this too with like tech companies like Apple and Facebook and Instagram, you know, starting to like actually let people know how much time they're spending on social media and stuff like that. So what do you guys do? How do you, how do you like figure out how to use your time best? When it comes to mountain biking. Jeez, I don't know. Well, first of all, let's just make sure if you're looking at single tracks on Facebook and Instagram, that's okay. Spend spend all the time. That counts as mountain biking. (laughs) Yeah, because you're pretty much, you're thinking about it. It's like virtually riding your bike. So that's okay. We'll give you a And listening to this podcast too. So if you do have to drive and you're like, ah, I can't ride my bike to work. That's okay. Just listen to this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Like we want to know what's going on. Maybe even socially, right? We're not even looking at single tracks, but maybe we are, some of us out there are indeed 
social creatures and we want to keep up with friends and, and that's fine. You know, I think that's why we have social media. It serves its purpose, but yeah, I would definitely want to try to take advantage of some of those tools, kind of setting a limit for yourself, right? Because, you know, sometimes an hour goes by and you're like, shoot, I was supposed to go meet a friend or, or whatever it is. Right. So, um, just being aware, uh, really is helpful with time management in general. Yeah. I've, I've done that kind of experiment myself at work, you know, just like timing different tasks and seeing how much time I spend. I mean, if you do that for like a day or two, you know, in your life, you write down, like keep a log of what you spend your time doing you'll find mm. a lot of places that you could like, ah, I could cut that out, cut that out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, there's also stuff that we can't necessarily be cutting out at home, right? Like we have responsibilities. We're all, well, mostly all of us are grown ups, and we have to like do our laundry and make dinner and pick up groceries and stuff like that. But, you know, really one thing we can maybe do is kind of like lean on a support system or create a support system if you don't have one, right? Like, are your kids old enough to do the laundry themselves, right? Like, let them do it. Like, that they can be taking that time off of your hands. You know, everybody in their household hopefully could be working a little bit more efficiently so that people can have, you know, the time more time to themselves, right? Like, can you ask your spouse to go to the grocery store for you this time so you have an extra hour after work or something, right? Or, you know, or if you do have kids, which, you know, a lot of us do, and you want to go on those longer rides on the weekend, you know, maybe you could barter childcare with your friends or neighbors, you know, if your grandparents or family don't live close by, like, you know, don't, don't feel bad about pawning your kids off for a couple of hours. So, so you can get out, right? Cause you know, we have to go to their couple hours of soccer games and tote them around yeah, all week us. and stuff. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're entitled to your, your time too. So I feel like, yeah, that support system has to kind of be starting in your family. And then, you know, you probably have friends that also mountain bike. I, I bet, you know, they would be willing to, to do you a favor in exchange for a favor another time. Hopefully they would be. Yeah. We've definitely done that. Like going on a camping trip, you know, you go with like another couple who likes to ride and, you know, half of you watch the kids while the other half go for a ride and then you switch off later in the day. Um, yeah, it's pretty simple and usually works pretty well. Seems like a good way to split it up. And then, you know, if, if you can afford it, um, you know, there's, there's the babysitters to take care of your kids for some time, but also kind of around the house help, that could be a time saver too, right? Paying a house cleaner or um, even a yard service, right? Even even your bike maintenance, right? Like we don't want to have to be too proud and say that that we do all our bike work ourselves and, you know, I mow and edge my own lawn. Like that's awesome if you can, but it's also awesome <laughs> if you could, you know, go out, leave on Saturday morning and for four hours and go ride your bike and then come home and you have a clean house and guess what that costs you a hundred dollars. So, you know, your time, your time is, is money, I feel like. So if you can justify that, like if you're able to do that, I know not everybody can. Um, and then if you can't, then whatever, leave those dirty dishes in the sink for another half a day. Week, I think a lot of mountain whatever. bikers are on that program. <laughs> 
Yes, I guess there's some houses where, yeah, you could tell the dishes have been in there a long time. Yeah, <laughs> or the yard is overgrown and, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's mountain bikers tend to be that way. And another way to spend time, again, if you have the, the dollars for this, I know not everyone can, but you can hire a coach or a trainer. So we had an endurance training podcast not too long ago, and, and Coach Ben Turritz of the Endurance Collective, he laid out the role of what a mountain bike coach actually does. And what I recall from our conversation is that, you know, a good coach will help you kind of assess your priorities, like your life priorities, and, and help you schedule and find the time to ride within your calendar, right? So, you know, he works with a lot of people that work a 40, regular 40-hour 40 or more work week and can train these folks to, like, ride in the Leadville 100 mountain bike race. So um, it's possible. It's possible. It just is a matter of kind of assessing your priorities, assessing your schedule, um, you know, he can come up with some creative types of workouts to get you out on the trail in the shortest amount of time um, within the schedule that you have. Yeah, it's always good to have that outside perspective because, again, you probably look at your life and you're like, I am so busy. I can't do anything else. And then someone else can look at it and be like, well, wait a minute. Like you don't have to do this thing or you're spending too much time doing that thing or the thing that you're trying to do doesn't take as much time as you think it is. It's always great to have that third party perspective and can be really helpful. So even if it's not a coach, it could be a friend or family member that could maybe help you out and figure out where you got some time you can free up. We just talked about hiring a skills coach. Another way that you can get more time or make time available for riding is to sign up for a skills class or a race. How does that work? How does that help people? Well, I think, you know, just like a gym membership, if you pay for something in your mind, you have to go, you have to go get your money's worth, right? So if you signed up for some two-day clinic um, to learn how to jump, you're going to go because you, you know, you spend a couple hundred dollars, right? And it doesn't matter how much time it is. You have, you tell your significant other, or whatever, like, oh, look, I, I just spent $500. I, I got to go. I got to go to this thing, right? If you kind of invest in your time, I guess, so to speak, um, you invest in a race, right? Race entries aren't aren't cheap anymore, especially these stage races and stuff. Then you're going to be motivated to find that time and create that time uh, to get your money's worth. Yeah, I think a lot of that ties into accountability again. Kind of the same way working with a uh, coach or paying for a session like that when I was doing personal training, I don't know, five or six years ago, a lot of the people that I worked with knew how to get through a workout on their own, but they didn't think they had the time. So for them, it was worth it to put that 50 or 60 bucks or however much it was a session on a schedule. So that way they are more committed. Like if they don't show up, they know they're seeing a drop in their bank account. <laughs> so whether it's like a coach or, a skill session. Yeah. It definitely makes you more committed, more accountable. Yeah. And people, people respect the race too. You know, I've heard that <laughs> excuse from people like, Hey, you want to go like hang out, you know, Friday night. And they're like, Oh, I can't, you know, I got a race I'm training for. Or like yeah. Aaron used to give me that excuse all the time for why he couldn't <laughs> come out on our Tuesday night ride, which is, you know, more of a recreational ride, but he'd be like, Oh, can't, you know, I'm doing the BC bike race in 
six months, you know, like, <laughs> and people like back off immediately. They're like, Oh, Oh, you're doing that. Like, that's important. You should do that. And so, yeah, the demands on your time seem to be less when you've got something that you're like, I'm working toward this and people respect that, that you are working toward it and they, they want to help you out. So good tip. One of the main things that people are telling us about why they don't have time to ride is that there aren't any trails close to them. So I think we all realize, recognize that a big part of mountain biking time commitment is travel. I mean, very few of us live close enough to trails that we want to ride a lot. You know, even if we have local trails, like we get tired of them or we want like a different challenge. So what, what do people do if they don't have trails close by? How could they save themselves time? Yeah, that's a tough one to work in, especially if you're already thinking about, oh, I don't have enough time. And then now you're trying to calculate in commute time as well. I live pretty close to, I mean, they're, the trails are like in my backyard pretty much now, but for more of the time that I've been mountain biking, I lived further away from the trails. So one thing I used to do was take my bike to work with me and then just put it in my office, take all my riding gear. And that way I could, 445 rolls around, I'm supposed to be out there at five. I close the office, change into my riding gear, and then I'm ready to drive to the trailhead right there. So it's not like I'm commuting home getting my bike ready and then going to the trails because I could add like an extra 45 minutes an hour on top of that. So if you can sort of condense your day, streamline your activities and fit two commutes into one, then uh, I think that can save a lot of time also. Yeah, definitely. And local trail access, I mean, that's definitely, you know, solving that problem is a, it's a long-term sort of situation. I mean, that's how you have to look at Mm -hmm. it. Trails aren't going to instantly appear where you live, I mean, unless you can afford to move, you go move and live somewhere closer to the trails. But a lot of us, you know, we, we sit in our houses, like we get in our car and we're like, oh man, they should build a trail over there. Or like, oh, <laughs> it would be great if they would build a trail near my house. And it's like, there is no they. I mean, it's us, it's we, it's you. And so if you want trails near your house and that's your reason you can't ride, then invest some time right now in getting, making that happen. And that's definitely a big process. And a lot of people ask us often, like how to start, like, how do I build trails near my house? And I mean, it's, it's complicated, but you start by trying to find other people who are in your boat too. I mean, if you have friends and neighbors who live nearby, they're probably thinking the same thing. Like, man, it's dumb that we have to get in our car and drive an hour to go ride trails. Like, let's figure this out. And so that uh, involves, you know, identifying a place to build the trails and working with the person who owns or manages the land and then organizing volunteers to get the trails built once you have permission. So there's definitely a process involved, but it can be fixed. And once it is, then you're going to free up a ton of time for riding in the future. Yeah, and you guys have been building some skills stuff in your own backyard, haven't you? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, a lot of people are doing that and you don't have to necessarily have a full-on trail system i mean you can practice skills and things in your yard um and yeah some people do have a ton of land and just can build their own trails which must be pretty awesome (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah i mean even with like a log or some cones or something like that like you can set up cones in a figure eight in your backyard and work on your your cornering skills or throw a log and work on your balance or 
anything like that. And it may not be mountain biking at its purest or whatever, but then when you do get a chance, you're more excited to use your skills out on the trail. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we've got lots and lots more tips. Stay tuned. You can't see me, but I'm wearing an awesome single tracks hat right now. It's actually the reason my voice sounds so amazing. Okay, so maybe not, but you never know until you get a hat for yourself. Go to shop.singletracks.com to find single tracks hats, t-shirts, stickers, tubular headwear, and can coolers. Shipping is free within the USA, and your purchase helps support the Single Tracks podcast. That's shop.singletracks.com, and thank you for your support. And we're back. So, Matt, I wanted to come back to something that you mentioned before the break, which was sort of being organized and being able to like roll right out from work to go to the trail. Talk a little bit more about that. How does getting organized help save time? Well, for me, like I think there's a few different approaches. I think one of the biggest ones is just getting your stuff ready the night before. Like I wanted to go ride this morning and I honestly think that kept me from doing it because I didn't get my stuff ready last night. And then I, you know, I got out of bed and I was like, Oh, well I still have all my gear in this other bag. I need to put it in my little fanny pack or whatever and get my tires to the right pressure and this and that. And then it just becomes an excuse because I didn't do it the night before. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to time management. And for me, say I want to ride Thursday and it's like Monday or Tuesday and I'm automatically thinking, you know, Monday or Tuesday, I'm like, Oh, I have so much stuff to do this week and all these different tasks floating around in my mind. What kind of helps me is like writing them down on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. These things I have to do Monday, things I have to do Tuesday, Wednesday, And it seems like once you consolidate it and put it on a piece of paper, it doesn't seem like as much stuff as it would if all this, all these tasks were just floating around in your head. It seems a lot more manageable. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe I do have time for a ride. Like maybe it's not as much stuff that I have to do this week as I I thought of. So I think consolidating like everything that you have during the week can actually help you realize maybe you do have more time than you actually thought. Yeah, definitely. And on the gear side of it too, I, I know for me, there have been times when I've like put off maintenance stuff on my bike and only to find, you know, okay, like, oh, finally I've got a couple of free hours to go for a ride. And then I go to my bike and I'm like, oh shoot, like I broke a spoke and I didn't do anything, you know, like I put the bike away after my last ride like a week ago and didn't do anything about it. And now I'm trying to fix it or I'm trying to just not go for a ride. So keeping your gear in good working order is important. And again, another one of these, like if you can afford it, it's good to have backups and spares of everything. So if you've got like two wheel sets that that's the boat I'm in right now, just realized I had a broken spoke on a rear wheel. And fortunately I had another wheel set that I could throw in there and you know, now I can take the broken wheel set to the shop and drop it off. And, yeah. uh, it's not going to like keep me down for too long and being organized too. Um, well, I've heard of a lot of people who just keep like their riding gear in their car so that they're able to go right away. I, that's never worked well for me because I don't know if like I'm in a different vehicle or I ride from home or, you know, it's like hard to keep track of like where your stuff is exactly. But <laughs> Find like a situation that works for you that makes it so you don't have to put a lot of mental energy into it and that you're just kind of always ready to go. 
Well, you could have two of everything or three of everything, right? You could. You get that extra I'm pump not- in your car, <laughs> extra helmet in your car, extra shoes, like yeah. so that if you did wake up super early in the morning, you forgot something. You yeah. forgot something in your pack. You're kind of you're kind of set, but that's like yeah. having to think ahead, which <laughs> which it sounds like the more we we talk about it, everything is kind of rolling back to planning ahead, being organized. It's probably not the easiest thing uh, to do, but you know, the more you do it, the more you think have the day you're going to mountain bike, the time you're going to mountain bike, kind of on the front of your mind. You're, you'll automatically check all those things off of your to-do list to get there. I think that's just kind of the beauty of how our mind works. A lot of us overachieving task-oriented people anyway. Yeah, I, I think it sounds like a lot of this stuff too is coming down to planning, which is something that I appreciate more and more as I get older that, you know, if you plan stuff ahead, it always goes a lot smoother and quicker and better. So plan out your gear, plan out your rides when you're going to do them. And that makes it a lot easier for sure. Most of us, all of us have to work for a living (laughs) and that gets in the way of riding. We hear a lot of people say that that's sort of their deal. Like, Oh, I hate my job. My job makes it so I can't ride. And that's why I don't have enough time to ride. But there are sort of hacks or ways to get around that. Right, Matt? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it comes, uh, or part of it comes down to how much flexibility you have in your job. But and there's days definitely here where I'm like, oh, it's going to be really nice today. Um, I want to get a ride in. You know, maybe I spend an extra hour at lunch riding and then showered up and back on the computer. But then I'll work like an hour late to sort of make up for that time. To where a lot of times at the end of the day, I just don't really feel like doing much at all. So <laughs> yeah. if I can like if I can get my ride in earlier in the day when I like to, and I'm feeling motivated and then, you know, when it comes to work, you don't really have much of an option, but like five o'clock comes around. Um, Hey, I still have to make up the extra hour, but yeah, at that point I'm feeling more mentally motivated to work than I would be physically motivated to ride. Yeah. Well, and I mean, most people do get some sort of lunch break. And so if you're really fast or you got trails close by, you could get in a quick hour ride and, I don't know, eat at your desk or something. Um, (laughs) The lunch ride, yeah, is definitely a popular way to go. A friend of mine is, does sort of what you're talking about too. He's talking about this, this road ride that he does like on Wednesday mornings. And he's like, Oh yeah, it starts at nine 30 or something. I was like, nine 30, like who could start a ride? Like, how are you doing that? You started nine 30, you're done at like 1130. He's like, oh, well, it's okay. I work from home. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that's how people are doing this stuff. But he does, you know, he makes up for it and works at night. But yeah, flexible schedule definitely helps. So if you have one, take advantage. Yeah. And like Matt said before, like it, it, even if you don't have trails and you only have an hour at your, during work, just get out and do something. I think like something is better than nothing. Even if you're just messing around, right, you, you get to step away from work for an hour and you get to be on your bike and like no matter what you're doing even if you're riding on the road or if you're practicing your manual in the parking lot even like all of that stuff is just Mm -hmm. kind of keeping you primed and ready for that you know hopefully for that time that you allotted where you have a bigger block of time to actually get 
on the trail, right? So we, we kind of have to be okay with like these short rides because not every ride, you know, from day to day can be that epic ride, right? At that some remote destination. We got to be yeah. okay with, with like, yeah, I have a nine to five job and I have one hour, like let's maximize that hour. And then, you know what, on Sunday, guess where I'm going, going out to the back country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's all kind of keeping yourself in the mode of mountain biking, right? That goes towards like your fitness too, in general, right? Like the longer or the more that you kind of put off just general fitness, like if you can't get on the bike for, for whatever reason, if you're not kind of thinking about some core work or things like that, like it's, it's going to hurt. Your body is kind of going to hurt when you do come to riding. So you want to kind of keep a little bit in shape for mountain Just biking, a little, a little bit, <laughs> yeah. like the, the minimum that you have to, um, for when that time comes for those, those epic rides that I know we all want. Yeah. Something I did recently, just so I could get more time on a bike, no matter what kind of bike it is, is I went and bought a BMX like through two or three weeks ago. And, um, like I've just been practicing out in my parking lot and like in the street and stuff. And, um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the skills from BMX will transfer over to mountain biking, but I can go out at like, I don't know, an hour before the sun sets and just practice manuals and like little one eighties or whatever, or go out for a half an hour during lunch. And it's like, all I have to do is put a helmet on and go outside and pedal this little bike around. And like I work up a sweat towards, you know, towards the end of it. And like, I'm sweating from pedaling this heavy little bike around. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Outside of kind of our normal routines, there can be time to ride as well. And what I'm talking about is like work trips or family vacations, you know, sometime when you're like not at work, you're away from home and yeah, sort of out of your routine. I mean, that's one of the things that that's one of the reasons we started single tracks, honestly, was to help people find trails in places where they're not familiar. You know, I mean, everybody knows where their local trail is and you can talk to friends or go to your local bike shop and find out like where to ride in your town. But, you know, say you're going to visit your aunt grandma or something in Arkansas, in Arkansas. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, you're like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm making time for this trip. Um, but I'm going to have some free time as well. You know, that's the perfect time to check out a new trail. And I've certainly done that on work trips as well. Many years ago when I was in the military, I, I went up to Greenland for like a couple of weeks and, you know, I was working at the time, but there's certainly downtime there as well. And I got to get on a mountain bike and ride in Greenland, which is oh, awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Like something that most people don't get to do. So Look at look for opportunities wherever you are, even if that means renting a bike or if you're driving somewhere, find a way to fit your bike on your car and use your time wisely while you're on the road. More more planning ahead. Right. But you're always thinking about mountain biking like us. So it's probably second nature to to look on single tracks for a trail in that unknown city. Yeah. And being away too, you know, maybe it's a family vacation and it's not always a great idea to be like, Hey, we're going on this family vacation. Then I'm (laughs) going to go do my own thing. But at the same time, if you're on vacation, there's probably lots of activities and everybody's got their thing that they want to do. And so maybe while part of your family is 
having fun at Disney or going shopping or doing whatever their thing is, you can <laughs> kind of do your thing too. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do, you know, again, I and Matt and Leah, we're all busy people, you know, with work and family and everything. So for me, getting a good workout is, it's a challenge at times, you know, staying in shape and everything. So one of the things I like to do is really focus on intensity in my workouts. And I know Leah can talk about this as well, but I really, especially when I go like running, for example, like I really try to push myself. Like I don't just go out and jog at a leisurely pace and just try to crank out a lot of miles. I go for a short run, but I run really fast and really hard and get my heart rate way up. And that way the workout's shorter and I get, you know, as good of a workout or a better workout in. Um, mm -hmm. And the same applies to trail riding, you know, get out there, like maybe you want to go for like a, you know, semi-relaxing, like three hour ride on some trail, but you don't have three hours plus <laughs> drive time. So yeah. like, how about make it an hour and just hammer the whole time? You know, maybe it's not going to be quite as fun. You're going to be sore and in pain from doing it, but at the same time, you're going to get fit a lot faster and you're going to cover same amount of mileage, right? Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's kind of the big philosophy behind CrossFit. Hopefully you don't get any bad comments on that, but like <laughs> if you can work out more intensely in like 30 to 40 minutes, it fits in your schedule better. And the same thing goes for mountain biking. If you can pick a trail that's like short and steep, then you'll burn probably just as many calories as you would on a longer, flatter ride that may take more time. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen a lot of the studies of right for like high intensity interval training, which, um, you know, by the way, that's, I, I teach group fitness. That's what I, I teach. I teach hit. I'm, I'm all about the hit about maximizing that time. But the great thing about it is that it does give you that cardiovascular boost, right? Like one of the benefits is like a higher VO2 max in a lot of people, athletes, normal people, even old people can kind of benefit from hit. So the high intensity is exactly what I find or is the best corollary to mountain biking kind of off of the bike because you have to have those big bursts of power, right? Sometimes when you're just kind of a steep climb comes out of nowhere, you kind of have to go 90, 95% uh, of your gas and mm -hmm. That's kind of what you do with interval training. So, you know, if you're not on the bike, you can improve your fitness with stuff like that, right? All that, all that, all those jumping moves, that plyometric stuff, CrossFit, all of those things that take 20, 30 minutes of your time. If you can't get on the bike, then that's actually going to be helping you later on the bike. Yeah, totally. I mean, I guess another way to say this too is that some of us waste our time mountain biking like <laughs> like you want more you want more time to no. ride but you're actually taking too much time to ride so again like just speed it up like stop taking <laughs> so many water breaks right. or like just yeah. you know I, I don't know i don't know what people do but i i mean i see it and it's hard maybe to see it yourself but like take a real serious look at it and try to be like you know what like i kind of go out there and just loaf around like i don't really go as fast as I could be going. And so if you mm -hmm. do that, you're going to get a lot of the same benefits and hopefully you'll be just as satisfied at the end of the ride 
as you are if you had spent twice as long doing it. Well, I don't know. You know, you, that's probably true if you care about your fitness or your skills or your like training for something, right? But like, I don't care how fast. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I go out there. Yeah. For right. me, writing a big part of it has always been enjoying nature, right? And scenery and stuff. And I think a lot of mountain bikers are the same. And we like to say how it's a lot of us are like hikers, but just at a faster pace. You know, I get, I like scenery, but hiking is just, it doesn't, it doesn't roll by fast enough for me. You know, <laughs> like I get bored. And so yeah. if I could, you know, cover a 20 mile loop faster and see everything and just in less time than, that's that's good for me, but I, I get it too that it could ruin the ride if you ride for other reasons. <laughs> well, great! This has really been a fun discussion. I know we all three of us have sort of different ideas about making time for riding, and hopefully those are helpful to others as well. Remember, you can get in touch with Single Tracks and send us your thoughts about the podcast anytime. You can email us info at singletracks.com. And we'll make sure that it gets to the right person. Or you can even email any of us directly. Uh, I'm Jeff at Singletracks.com. We've got Matt, M-A-T-T, Leah, L-E-A-H, both at Singletracks.com. So you can send an email, ask a question. Love getting questions and hearing what topics you want to hear about so we can talk about them. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Peace.